Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. Exodus chapter 2. Just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel and renewing me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Exodus chapter 2. I want to read a passage of Scripture for you on today as we get into a new message in this place. And this Scripture simply says it like this. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it with tar and pitch. Then she put a child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Verse 4, his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. For a moment today, I want to talk to you about the one word, favor. And more than that, I want to talk to you about the the value of experiencing hidden favor, what God is doing in our lives. Let's talk about favor, amen? For those of you in the building, you may be seated on today. Listen, there is an individual, uh, we know it's uh, month of February is known as, as what? Black History Month, right? Um, and there's an individual that, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to spend every Sunday as we're getting ready to push through this, this series, just highlighting a, a black history fact that goes with the message. And so today when we're talking about favor, I couldn't help but to want to discuss what favor that actually looked like in, in the times that we're dealing with today. And there's a lot of people that knows this individual named Chadwick Bozeman. Uh, he passed, you might know him as the Black Panther, Wakanda forever, you know. Uh, and so uh, he passed. He had cancer. He lived life. He lived uh, several his final years or whatever it is having this cancer and knowing about it and didn't broadcast it to the world, was not looking for the world uh, to tell him, ooh, it's going to be okay, don't worry. He wasn't looking for all that sympathy. He had came to terms with the reality of what was happening, and he was like, I'm going to live my best life. But before we knew Chadwick Boseman as uh, the Black Panther, he was just a college student at one point in time. He was a college student, and I heard this story. Hopefully I get it right. There was a story that he was trying to go to Oxford. He was, going, he was attending Howard, and he was trying to go to Oxford, and uh, it was him and about eight other kids going and they were struggling uh, theater students trying to make it, and he did not have the money to make it. He did not have the money to make it. Somebody somewhere petitioned uh, Denzel Washington to sow seeds into young people's life. He sowed seeds. This is a, you know, everybody knows Denzel Washington, Training Day, John Q. That's my favorite movie of all time. Still think he should have got a Grammy or Oscar for that or something, but I'm just saying uh, Denzel Washington got petitioned to intervene and and benefit Chadwick Boseman. He doesn't know Chadwick Boseman, had never seen Chadwick Boseman. Somebody reached out to Dinsdale and said, hey, there's nine kids that have the opportunity to go to Oxford from Howard, and they need help getting there. Can you make it happen? 
I don't know how Denzel made it happen. I know he got all the money in the world. Probably he just wrote a check, sent it, and the kids were able to go. The story goes, Chadwick Boseman uh, got a letter that said the reason why he was able to attend that program is because of the fact that Denzel Washington had paid for him to go. Denzel Washington had paid for him to go. Well, Pastor, what does this have to do with black history? I know we can go years back for black history, but there's some excellent things that have happened in the years recently of black history that we have to acknowledge when, when one person says, you know what, I care enough about another person to say, you know what, I want to make sure that he does something great. And, and this thing is that Chadwick Boseman stood on the stage in a platform and he says, there would be no Black Panther if there had not been a Denzel Washington. I want to I introduce you to something. When Chadwick Boseman makes that statement, he makes that statement and basically he says, the reason that I am who I am today is because the favor that years ago I experienced from an individual that was in a position to grant me favor. Catch this. Chadwick didn't deserve it. Chadwick didn't know anybody to get it, but he was in the right place at the right time. And as a result of it, he experienced just what he needed. Somebody may not have known what favor was before you walked in this building today. But I want to help you understand that each and every day that you wake up and you breathe and you walk, you are experiencing the favor of God. I need you to really realize that because that is enough that I shouldn't have to preach about anything else that you come to terms and understand that I don't deserve half the things I got, if not all the things I got. But the reality is I'm yet and still experiencing the favor of God. When I've done nothing to put myself in a position, when I don't deserve it, when I have not earned it, God is yet and still working on my behalf. I have experienced the favor of God. And some of you may not understand the power of the favor of God, and that's what I want to make sure that you leave here understanding today. I want you to understand how important it is to have favor. Yes, we have to have faith. Yes, we have to have fight. Yes, we have to be faithful and dedicated, but we need God's favor. Catch this, no matter what you do, if the favor of God is not found in your life, you will do nothing but fail. I want to make sure that you understand. I don't care how hard you work. I don't care what, you, what, what efforts you put towards it. If there is no act of God's favor, if God does not grant you grace and mercy as it relates to a situation or circumstance in your life, you will fail. Your marriage will fail if you don't have the favor of God. Your parenting would fail if you don't have the favor of God. Your finances will fail without the favor of God. Have you forgot that God's favor is the one thing that holds this whole thing together? It's God's favor that he can look upon nothing and make something. Many of us struggle with understanding that without God, we are nothing. Without God, we are nothing. And because of God, we become something. Because of God, we become something. Because of God's favor, because of his grace, because of his mercy, we become something. So, Pastor, what is the importance of this favor? I am, I'm glad you asked because all I want to share with you today is this simple fact. And this simple fact is this, that favor has the ability to transition you from your now to your next to set you up for your best. If you don't leave with anything else today, I need you to leave with that. That should burn. It should sizzle in your spirit that God's favor has the ability to transition you from your now to propel you to your next to set you up for your best. This is what we're going to talk about today. Why do we have to talk about it? Because for many of us now just don't look right. Now I'm, I'm broke now. 
I'm struggling now. We ain't got no people in the church now. There's a lot of things that ain't going right now. And I know we got some English majors and teachers, but I'm going to say ain't today. It's a little Southern in me. There's some things that ain't going right in my life. And as a result of it, I need God's favor. Right now, for some of us, life looks real jacked up. My marriage may look jacked up. My finances may look jacked up. My children, the way they be acting is all jacked up. And as a result of it, I need help now. I'm like that, that commercial about that money. I just got hit and I need my money now. I need some things to happen in my life right now. And the reality is that I can't make these things happen on my own. I can't, I can't make myself. I've tried. I've tried and I failed. I tried to make things happen and I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel as successful. And so as a result of it, I put myself in a position where I got I to gotta back up and God, I need you right now. I need you to move on my behalf and I need you to move me from my now to my next because whatever's next got to be better than this. Whatever's next got to be better than this, but I want to tell you there's something wrong with the next sometime because the next ain't always your best. And some of us, because we get delivered from the now and we get propelled to our next, we get complacent and we want to stay in our next season, but it's not the best season. Ooh, this is going to preach today. I'm trying to help you understand your next season is not always your best season. And so we can't find ourselves being complacent, settling for the next when God is calling you to the best. When God is calling you to the best, so this is what I want to introduce you to because I want you to see God's favor in your life because when you forget that God is favoring you, you forget where you are in life and what God is trying to do with you. Just because you, you, you become good at something, just because you've been making it through something, it does not mean that that's the place where God wants you to be. And there's nobody better to talk to us about that than Moses. Some of you may not know Moses. He, he gets some of the bad credit because, you know, everybody want to talk about the time that God told him to speak to the rock. And instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock and he didn't get to make it in the promised land. And so um, some of us, we don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Moses. We don't want to identify that that sometimes uh, uh, we have to see ourselves for the people that are making the mistakes in the Bible just as well as we see our people who are overcoming in the Bible. See, see, as a leader, I can identify with Moses. See, y'all don't, y'all don't understand. Some of y'all probably going to leave out there I say this. Moses was dealing with a bunch of stubborn people. It should have taken four hours to get through that, that wilderness, but here it is. took him 40 years to get through that whole situation. Can I help you understand something? As a leader that's called to do what God's do, the worst thing that can happen to you is you feel like the people that God has put you over is holding you back. So I can understand how Moses won't to hit something because if I didn't hit something, I was going to hit somebody. And so as a result of it, I, I understand how Moses entered a season of frustration in his life. But I'm not going to allow that to discredit what Moses had done. I'm not going to allow that to discredit who God had called Moses to be. And so I took a little time and I spent time with Moses. I wanted to understand, Moses, how could someone that experienced the goodness of God, how could someone that has done so many things, how could you fall so far away? Moses, what, what happened to you, Moses, what happened that, that you've seen the promised land, but you didn't get to enter it? When God has told you that he was going to use you for it, what, what happened to you, Moses? And I began to research his Moses' life, and I, I found some good things about Moses. But the main thing that I found about Moses when he was first introduced is the favor that God had put on him since birth. I want you to understand that God has put favor over your life before you were actually factored into this world. God already had a plan for you. And so as a result of it, 
There are things that you've went through that have been designed to break you, that have been designed to discredit what God has called you to do, but the reality is that God has always favored you. And, and maybe you needed Moses to understand this because we picked up in Exodus chapter 2, but there's some things that happened prior to Moses in Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 1, uh, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, uh, he had wanted to be this great ruler. And so in order for that to happen, he had to slay and conquer. And so what he would do is he would go and conquer these places until he got to the children of Israel. And he, he, he took his power and conquered them and made them slaves. The children of Israel, the Hebrews, were slaves to Pharaoh. That's all in chapter 1. You can see all of that happened in chapter 1. And then Pharaoh makes a decree in chapter 1 that says, listen, because of the fact I don't want these people to grow and come back and overcome me, then I'm going to have to make sure that all the boys, all the Hebrew boys are put to death. I, I need that to happen. The girls can live, but kill all the boys. I, I don't want any male Hebrews to live. When they're born, I want you to put them to death. And I got a message today, but I want to make sure that you understand the totality of this thing. In the beginning, God, Pharaoh wanted to kill all of them. But if you really know the story, and this should drag you in, the same thing that tried, that tried to kill Moses ends up getting killed by Moses. I, I, I want you, y'all don't understand. There are some things that are designed that are trying to break you, but the reality is that with the favor of God, that which was trying to break you, you can actually break it. That's enough to get you credit right there. That's enough to get you propelled to the next level to help you understand, Pastor, you know what? I might sit down, I might sit down and listen to this. How am I going to get back at these haters that keep wanting to bring me down? How am I going to get past these people that let me down? How is it going to, it's going to be favor. I want to show you. It's going to be favor, and it's in the text. It's in the text because this is what happens. Moses is born. Moses is born, but he's born in a time where they have to be put to death. And the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 2 that Moses is hid for three months. Moses is hid for three months by his mom. She didn't want to put him to death. He was so beautiful. She didn't want to put him to death, and, and so she hid him. She did everything she could. Can you imagine how hard it is for a mother to hide a baby for three months, crying baby. All they want to do is eat. She got to work and she got to make it back to make sure you get fed. They didn't have refrigerators to keep the milk warm, cold, and everything back then. She was going through. She had to feed this baby. She had to make sure. For three months, she hid him. Three months while people were souping around trying to kill little Hebrew boy. She hid him. And then it comes to a point in three months, she realized, I can't hide him no more. People getting too close. If I keep him here, then they're going to find him and they're going to find me. Both of us are going to be put to death. And so she, she takes basically a makeshift boat. She makes a boat for him, and, and she makes it to make sure that it floats, and she puts it on the bank uh, of the Nile. And the reason she puts it on the bank of the Nile, because as the tide rises, it would slowly take him in. As the tide rises, it would slowly take him in, and then he would be able to go out, drift upstream. Maybe somewhere he would make it. Maybe somewhere he would make it. And so she has to, she has to leave her son by the bank of the Nile. I love what the Bible says because the Bible tells me that there is a, a sister to Moses and she's hiding in the distance. She's hiding in the distance and in the midst of hiding in the distance, she sees what her mother does. She sees what her mother does and the mother walks off and leaves. And the sister doesn't just jump out of the bushes and intervene. She stays there. And the thing is that Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, the man that wants to kill all the Hebrews, Pharaoh's daughter comes and, 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 and he, she sees the Hebrew boy. And she looks and she says, that's one of them, them Hebrew babies. And being the daughter of Pharaoh, she should have wanted the same thing that her dad wants. But there was something 
We call that's I want to make sure y'all understand that that's what happens. We call it something. Uh, y'all don't want to call it the Holy Spirit. Y'all don't want to say God has intervened. There was something. Y'all know what it is, that time where you wanted to do wrong, but something said you shouldn't do it. Y'all need to go on and give that something a real name. God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is intervening on you. There was something that intervened at that moment. And, and, and she was there. And so Moses' sister comes out, and Moses' sister looks at her and says, Would you like me to go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse him for you? Would you like that to happen? And Pharaoh's daughter said, that's a great idea. Go get it. And there was only one person who Moses' sister thought about going to get. She ran and got her mama. Can you imagine what things looked like when she broke into the room and got her mom? Her mom might have been there crying, weeping. What have I done? Thinking about taking her own life. I don't know what's happening. And as all my life is just over. And she says, Mom, stop. Hey, Pharaoh's daughter found Moses. No, why? But she wants you to come and nurse him. She wants you to come and nurse him. What do you mean, Mom? Don't worry. Just come. Just come. And she comes, and, and Pharaoh's daughter gives her back. That's a message. That's a message. That which she released, Pharaoh's daughter gave her back. Y'all don't understand. Many of us struggle with receiving because we're never willing to release. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. But she receives back what she releases, and as a result of it, she raises Moses for quite some time until Pharaoh's daughter calls for him, and then Pharaoh's daughter raises him as her own. Then Moses, being a Hebrew that wanted to be killed by, uh, that, that, that was sought to be killed by Pharaoh, he has went from being hid by his mother, from being covered by his sister who was hiding, um, to being in a position where now he's hiding in the very castle under the nose of the man that wants to kill him. The reason why this is so important, because I want you to understand something about favor. Favor has a, a way of hiding itself in your life. The favor of God has a way of hiding itself in your life. And many of us realize, many of us do not realize the reason why we are not uh, acknowledging who God is and what God has done and the favor that God, is, that God is moving in our lives is because of the simple fact that we think we did it ourselves because favor has a way of hiding in our lives. Favor takes us from our now, propels us to our next to set us up for our best. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't see it. I'm going to show it to you in the text because we have to understand how favor functions in our lives. We need to understand how favor functions in our lives. I just told you the story, so follow along with the points. It's three simple points. Y'all know that's how good Baptist preachers deliver it. Uh, it, it, it it's simple as this. If you want to understand the value and how to identify favor in your life, it goes like this. Number one, favor has the ability to help when others want to hurt. That's what you need to know about favor if you don't understand anything else, that favor has the ability to help when others want to hurt. This is why I need you to understand this. Moses was hid for three months by his mother. Why was he hid for three months by his mother? Because there were people that sought to hurt him. There were people that sought to hurt him. And as a result of it, Moses hid, his Moses' mother hid him for three months. Can I help you understand that sometimes the way that you will experience favor in your life is from God hiding you from that which wants to hurt you? 
Y'all don't understand. Y'all just saying, yeah, because I got my preacher voice on. I'm trying to make sure that you understand. Sometimes our hiding is what's really helping us. What do you mean, Pastor? Because sometimes God hides you from that man that you want to be your husband. Sometimes God hides you from that job that you need. Sometimes God hides you from those situations that you think are right for you. And the reason why he has to hide you is because there are systems at work that are trying to hurt you. Y'all don't get it. You get mad with God because you're in a season of hiding. But in the season of hiding, he's really helping you. He's not trying to hold you back. He's trying to propel you forward because if he does not hide you in the season, you will break. Y'all missed it. A baby can't defend himself. Moses can't fight for himself. God knows that he's called Moses to redeem. God knows that he's called Moses to do great things. But in this stage of his life, he just ain't ready. Can I help you understand something? That when you're not ready, God shows you favor. And sometimes we have to acknowledge the fact that in this point, we're not ready for what's next in our life. And so we have to settle for the now. We have to settle for the now that things don't seem to be adding up. We have to settle for the now that I feel like I was created for more than this. We have to settle for the now that, God, I know that you want me to do great things, but I feel inadequate. I got to settle for the now because now I am in hiding. I'm in hiding. The reason I had to identify with Moses because as a young pastor that was called to the ministry that founded his church in Dallas, I knew what God had called me to do. I went in, bought billboards, put signs up, bought new seats, did everything that I could possibly do, but everybody was not coming. And I had to come to myself that there's times where God has to hide me. Then I did not understand the value of being hid. But when little pastor go back and look at some of the messages that I used to preach back in the day, and my grammar and everything and how some points was off and I need to go back and recant some of the stuff I said, I was like, ooh, God, thank you for hiding me. Thank you for not letting people see me in my broken state. Thank you for not letting me see somebody that was very ambitious, but he wasn't faithful. He hadn't submitted in either. So I have to thank God for hiding me. You better be glad God is hiding you from that man. Because right now you still jacked up. You ain't got over the other man. You got to thank God for hiding you in this season. You better be glad God is hiding you from that race because you're still in debt with the little money you got now and you can't manage. So you don't need more debt. You got to thank God for the season of hiding in your life. Moses, he, he was a baby. He couldn't fend for himself. He couldn't fight for himself. He couldn't make things happen. And some of us as believers, we enter seasons of our lives where we are just not ready. We're just not ready to push forward. We're just not ready for what's next in our life. And so we have to accept the fact in this season, God has chosen to hide me. Favor sometimes comes in the form of being hid. And if favor comes in the form of being hid, that means I got to be thankful even when I'm in hiding. It's kind of like hide and go seek. Madison and Isaiah plays it all the time. And, and it's weird because when I was a kid, we played hide and go seek outside. It, it, it made sense. There were several things to hide behind, under. Uh, you had a pyramid being home. You crawl up on the scroll, crawl space, all that type of thing. But they hide in the house now, which is very irritating to me because it's like it ain't that much space. Well, what is you doing? Uh, they know you in the building. They ain't got to go look for you. And, and so what would take place sometimes, Isaiah was very good at hiding, but Madison wasn't. And so she would come to her dad and say, Dad, I, I want to win. I need you to hide me because I have to beat. Isaiah's coming after me, and I have to beat him. He always finds me, and I need you to hide me. 
And, and so I took pity on Maddie, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you. There was this one cabinet in our kitchen that we never really put anything in, and I knew she was just small enough in this season that I could put her in this space. And, and so I said, Maddie, trust me. You got to trust me. I'm going to hide you from Isaiah. Don't you say nothing. Don't you move no matter what happens. I want you to get in here and hide, and I opened the cabinet, and she trusted her father. She went into the space, and she allowed me to close the door. Y'all missing it because under the cabinets, there was no light. Under the cabinets, there was no food. There's nothing under the cabinets except the little things that we had in her. But she knew that her daddy had put her in this dark place, in this small, decrepit place, had put her there for a season so that she can win. I'm trying to help you on today. God may be trying to put you in a dark place, but it's not to break you. God is trying to leave you somewhere that he knows that in this place you are safe, you are secure, and as a result of it, if you just trust me and you stay in the space that I've called for you to be in, there's going to come a season when you're going to come out. And this is what happens with Maddie. Isaiah runs around the house. Daddy, I can't find her. She can't be in the garage, Daddy. She's cheating. She can't do that. He gets frustrated because he had not found her. You know the enemy gets frustrated when he can't find you? Oh, I feel like preaching this. You know the enemy gets frustrated when he can't find you. And the only word you can hide from God is in his hands. Y'all missed it old school. I used to be in a sunshine band as a kid. Y'all don't know about sunshine band. And we would sing a song back in the day. He got the whole world. In his hands, he got the whole world. In his hands, he got the whole world. In his hands, he got the whole world in his. And it was reminding us that as long as we were in his hands, nothing could touch us. As long as we were in his hands, there was nothing that could get at us. And, and so Maddie trusted me because even though it may have seemed like she wasn't in my hands, even though it may have seemed like she was in a pantry, uh, she understood that she was put there by her father. And as long as her father put her there, he did not put her there to make her fail. And so then the crazy part is that it started out as a game of hide and seek. Isaiah gets frustrated, and I end up showing Isaiah where Maddie was and Maddie comes out and says, I'll beat you and she's just so happy but then Maddie found the, the value of dark places she found the value of, of dark places she was no longer afraid of the dark she knew that sometimes there's protection in the dark sometimes there's peace in the dark so I would find Maddie we had a, a stairwell and she would go under the stairwell and she would hide in the stairwell and just fall asleep in the stairwell and be so comfortable in that place. Can you get to a point where you can trust God to make you comfortable in the lowest place of your life? Can you trust God to be able to deliver you and, and, and just hide you here for a moment so that the world can't destroy you? Because that's what's happening when God shows you favor in dark places. He's hiding you so the world cannot destroy you. Some of you in this building and online right now should be thinking back about some times that you've been here. Some of you, if you can be honest, you've been hiding right now. You didn't even know you was hiding. And the problem is that you've been fighting and resisting. You've been trying to get out of hiding, and God's been trying to keep you in hiding. We need to celebrate when we find ourselves in a position of hiding as it relates to our favor. Moses was hid by his mother. And the reason why he was hid by his mother so that the things that were designed to hurt him couldn't do it. Hiding helped Moses to avoid that which was hurting. But that's not the only reason and that's not the only way favor shows up in our lives. See, the now season of your life of favor may be a season of hiding. You got to understand, Believer City, you might 
might not understand, two, three years we've been at this thing, and maybe we've been in a season of hiding so that the right leaders can get into place, right? So that the right members can sow into the ministry, so the ministry can be uh, fundamentally found, spiritually found, the foundation is there and that we're ready to burst. And maybe just now we can say, God, you know what? I'm not upset about being in the position of hiding. And as a result of it, I'm going to be comfortable in the hiding so I can find out what's next. Because if I'm never comfortable in the hiding, I cannot find out what's next. And Moses has to go through the three months of hiding to get to his next. And this is the thing that we see favor hiding itself again. How do we see favor hiding itself again? Because his mother has abandoned him. His mother has put him on the bank of the Nile and his sister, now favor, is hiding in the bushes. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand because uh, uh, what you fail to realize is that you think sometimes when people cut you off and abandon you that God has left you. But can I help you understand, sometimes you got to cut people off and sometimes you got to be cut off. I'm just trying to help you on today. You can't help everybody. The reason why you got to cut people off and sometimes you got to be cut off is because sometimes people are trying to be God for you and God needs to allow some ties to be severed so that you can find God for yourself. Y'all don't understand the power when God forms separation. Success can actually be birthed out of separation. That's what we see take place in the text on today. Moses is separated from his mother, separated from his, his family, but his sister is sitting there looking in the distance. And I love what his sister did because his sister did not let mama put him on the bank and then run and say, mama is crazy. Let me go bail him out. Let me go make some things happen. She stayed in her position. She stayed in her position, and because she stayed in her position and she allowed God to take control, what ends up happening is Pharaoh's daughter shows up, getting ready to take a bath, and she sees this baby. Had, her sister, had his sister intervened, Pharaoh's daughter would have never saw him. Moses would have still been on the run. Y'all can celebrate it for Moses, but had your mama intervened for you and not told you no finally, maybe you wouldn't have experienced the, the love of God. Had your friends intervened for you and, and not told you, you know what, enough is enough, I can't keep going through this with you, maybe you wouldn't have experienced who God is. Sometimes we got to celebrate the separation. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I, I admit it had to hurt. But we have to find a way to celebrate the separation because through our separation, we can reach a point of success. And this is what I find in the text. The reason why we go through, go, go through the separation is because not only does favor have the ability to help you when the world is trying to hurt you, favor has the ability to build you and build what was once broken. Moses' relationship with his mother is broken. She's severed. The ties are broken. But Moses' mother now experiences favor as well as Moses experienced favor because of the sister that was hiding in the distance. Pharaoh's daughter comes and sees, says to the Hebrew boy, Moses' sister steps out at the right time and says, yes, it is. Would you like me to go get a Hebrew woman to nurse him for you? She says, yes, go do that. Moses' mother is probably in the room crying. Moses' mother is, is wondering, what has she just done? I'm the worst person in the world. How could I give up my baby? I should have just took my own life. But what we come to understand, that when things are broken, favor will build them back up. I'm trying to help you on today that here in the text, we see a relationship that's broken, but it's the favor of God because if the sister not been in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, then that bond that Moses and his mother were able to form would have never been found. 
Moses' mother is brought back to the scene, giving her baby back and told, hey, take this baby, nurse it. I'll come back and get it later on. You take care of this baby. Raise this baby up, and I will come back and get it at a later day. Can I help you understand that you have to allow things to break in your life? You have to allow things to break because when they break, it's the right time for God to build it up the right way. Y'all still don't get it. Had Moses' mother not went through the broken season, we went through the hiding season, but had Moses' mother not went through the broken season, then she never would have been able to raise her baby in peace. Y'all don't get it. Moses had a warrant out for him as a baby. He had to be put to death. It had to go down. But because the bond that was broken, it allowed God to build things back up. Now Moses' mother could do the same thing with the same person, but now the difference is she has a covering. Man, I'm sorry. I'm preaching too much. You've been thinking you've been doing the wrong thing with the wrong people, but sometimes you got to allow things to be broken so they can be better. Some of you maybe have never broke a bone, but there's something about a broken bone. When it heals back together, the way the calcium builds up and bonds it, it becomes back together tougher than it ever been before. It's harder to break the second time because if you really allow it to heal back the way it's supposed to, it's tougher than what it was. We have to allow things to break just to be rebuilt. But this time when they're rebuilt, we are rebuilding with a covering. She had protection. Nobody could come kill Moses now because that was not just her daughter, but that was Pharaoh's daughter baby. And so you come mess with this baby, now you got a problem with Pharaoh's daughter. There are things in your life that you have to understand the reason why God is trying to break them because you built them the wrong way. You jumped into the wrong relationship too fast and, and you, you presented it the wrong way. You took the wrong job too fast. It was just the wrong way. And so I have to break you in order to build you. I didn't understand that. I, I, I can talk about myself as a pastor. We're doing good in Dallas, Clint. We had, we had rooms full of people, two services. It was going down. But just wasn't holding up. And for God to say, Chris, pack everything up and come to Red Oak. What you mean come to Red Oak? What this little town going to do for me? I don't know nobody down here. Oh, I got nothing. Ministry has been better since we got here than it was anywhere else. Ministry has been better. It's been less stress on me since we got here than it was anywhere else. But guess what it had to do? I had to go through a season of being broken. I had to go through a season of feeling inadequate. I couldn't cut it. I didn't make it. Things just wasn't right. And the thing was that the thing that broke me was not designed by God to keep me out. It was designed to get me to my next. If I would have stayed in my now in Dallas, we would not be in the next that we're in now. We, not, we would not be propelling to get to our best. We have to move to a new season. Moses' mom was in a now where she was hiding her son, but God wanted her to get to a point where she can do what she needed to do without having to be hide, hid, but to be, build. And so she, he moves her for, to a building season, which was her next season, and the reality is in that season, you may be doing the same thing, but now you're doing it with a covering. You're doing it with protection. See, that's the thing I have to be honest with as a leader, as a pastor. When I did it in Dallas, I was doing it on my own will. It was, I was on my skills. It was on what I knew for ministry. I wasn't looking for, for that to be an amazing anointing. I, I was just like, I, I know how to do church. I, I came from a big church. Things can happen. But when God sent me here, it would put me in a position where it, it had to be God. It had to be God. I needed his 
recovering. I needed to understand that I can't do this by myself. Some of you are in marriages that look broken, but you need a little covering. You need to understand that it might have been your looks that got him or her, but it's his covering that's going to keep him. It's his covering that's going to make things happen. It's the relationship that they have with God that's going to make things balance out. Many of us are living life without a covering. And as the fact that we're living life without a covering, when the storms of life come, we're, we're impacted by it. We're not able to build. Moses enters a season where he goes from being hid to a season where he goes to be built. And why does he enter a season where he goes to be built? Because God has the ability to build what the world has broken. I'm sorry you've been a part of some bad churches. I'm sorry that you went through some hard things. I'm sorry that people wasn't there for you when you called them. I understand that things have went bad, but can I help you understand? If you continue to stay in your now, you will never get to your next. And the next is all about building you to who God has wants you to be. I'm sorry that that man cheated on you. I'm sorry that he lied to you. But if you keep dwelling on it and you keep answering them phone calls and going back to him, you will never get into your next. You will never get to that person that God wants for you. You'll never get to that place. And you'll never get, even if it's the respect that you deserve from him, you will never get it because you want to stay in the now. You can't stay in the now. You have to give up the now to get to the next. You have to leave the place of comfort the hiding, to get to the place where now you're under construction. And when you're under construction, it does not always feel good, but it's exactly what you need to get you to where you need to be. We have to move forward from the next to the, to the now. And I love what God does because he just does, does not take us from the next to the now because if you get to the point by now that you've experienced the next, you know what favor looks like. You know what favor looks like, and as a result of knowing what favor looks like, you should now function on favor. You should live life looking for God's favor because it's, he's delivered you from the now. He's gotten you to the next, and now that's all that's left is for you to experience your best. Pastor, how are you going to expose the best to me? How did Moses get to his best? Well, his now was hiding when people wanted to hurt him. His next was being built where the world broke him. The thing I love about our best is that when we experience the best favor of God, when we come to understand that favor has the ability to release that which has been restrained. That's, that's what I'm trying to help you on today to understand that the favor of God can not only hide you from those who want to hurt. It does not only build you from things that are broken. I want to help you understand that the favor of God has the ability to release that which has been restrained. I, I want to make sure that you understand because of what took place in the text. In the text, Moses is hid by his mom. Moses then gets found by his sister and begins to be hid by Pharaoh's daughter. But then because of the hiding as a relate, no, mother, Moses' mom hides him by the bank. And now what we get to Moses experiencing his best is now he's about, he about to be hid by Pharaoh's daughter. What do you mean he's going to hide? She takes Pharaoh as her own son. Not just a, a kid off the street. She says, this is my son. She begins to essentially lie to her daddy. How do you pull that off? I ain't seen you pregnant. What man you been with? Well, this is my son. He's going to be mine. He's my son, daddy. And Pharaoh now doesn't want to hurt his daughter, so she doesn't hurt, his, hurt her son. And so now Moses, the Hebrew that should have been put to death, is being hid by God in the domain of that which wants to destroy God. He's being hid by God in the palace of Pharaoh. He's being hid in the midst. Why? Because there's a new season. 
come into his life. He's, he's already left the season of, of being in hiding. He's already left the season of being built. But now the season has come where God wants to make him his best. And this is what I call the release season. The release season where God is saying, you know what, I'm going to release that has been restrained. Some of y'all don't understand the power of that. I, I've seen this video. I don't know if it's on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Cam been having me on all of them this week. There's this video of this dog. It's this ferocious dog. He has a, a leash on him, and he's wrapped around uh, this this pole. He's wrapped around this pole, uh, and, and he's just sitting there growling and barking him off. And the man is just sitting at a distance, and he's just flinching. He flinches at the dog because he understands that this dog has been secured to this pole, and ain't nothing he can do about it. And so he's just sitting there, and he's just flinching at the dog. He flinches at the dog, just going off and t- t- acting like he's gonna kick the dog and everything. The dog just and eventually the dog just gets tired of it. And this dog does something I've never seen a dog do before. The dog turns around bends down, bites the collar, lifts it up over the pole, and all you see is that which was jumping and that which was barking had taken off and run. Can I help you understand? That dog had been released from that which was restraining him. Can I help you understand what God is essentially doing in this season of your life when you reach this point where God wants to make your best? He is releasing you. He is releasing you from being hid. He is releasing you from being broken. And now he's saying, go be the best that you can possibly be. You're ready to be a wife. You're ready to be a business owner. You're ready to be an educator. Whatever it is, you're ready. So I'm going to release you because I've removed the restraints off of you. You know what would happen if you enter a season and you're still restrained? You can't fight with everything that you're supposed to be able to fight with. And so Moses needed to be released. You have to be ready for the season when God says, I'm about to release you. I, I don't know how y'all feel, but as the pastor of this season, I know that we've already left the now. We in the next, and I'm just ready for the release. I'm ready for the release to go out and do some amazing things. I'm ready to be the pastor of Ellis County. I'm ready to do some amazing things because God has said that this is what I'm going to do. It makes it worth it when I was in hiding. It makes it worth it when he rebuilt me when I was broken. All of that is worth it. Now that I know I'm waiting on a season of release, I won't release in my finances. I won't release in my marriage. I I won't release on my job. I'm looking for God to make some things happen, but you cannot experience it if you're not willing to go through the stages. If you're not willing to go through the stages, if you're not willing to understand that now, I'm not ready. I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to go out and do this on my own. So I I need God to help me because things are trying to hurt me. People are trying to break me. And I I understand if I move past now, I got to understand that even in the midst of the next, the next I may not be ready because I'm still broken. I'm still dealing with hurt. I'm still dealing with pain. I'm still dealing with things. And I need God to rebuild me because if he never rebuilds me, then I can't enter the season of my best. I can't enter the season of my best where I can fight back against the things that want to fight against me. Y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. Moses went from a baby that could not defend himself to being a man that brought down a man that held everybody in bondage. Y'all don't understand what I'm talking about on today. Moses went from a place of being hired by a bank to walking across across a, a, a Red Sea where God separated. The Bible says, old pastor would say, fan the bottom dry just so they can get across. And then God closed it so it could take them out. Y'all don't understand that favor in your life is amazing when you allow it to function. We have to get to a point where we acknowledge what God has done for us. I'm sorry I got too happy. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just trying to help y'all understand that God's favor has been on you from day one. God's favor, I know your relationship with your parents may, be the, may not be the best, but God's favor was yet there with you. Yeah. 
I know you felt alone, but God has yet been there with you. I know you felt like your relationship failed, but God was yet there with you. The fact that you're still here, you're experiencing the favor of God. You're experiencing the favor of God. And the reason why you're experiencing your favor, because God knew you in your now. He wants you to be in your next so that he can get you to your best. I want you to start looking at life through that. I'm in a now season. I'm in a now season and God is hiding me. And as a result of it, I'm going to be like Maddie. I'm just going to allow God to hide me. I'm not going to fight against time. Hide me because those things that are designed to hurt me, hide me. But God, when it's time for me to be next, God, I need you to rebuild me. Because there are some people who have hurt me and I'm broken. You got to know your season. You have to know your season. You got to know your season. You have to know your season so that when favor functions in your life, you can allow it to function at its full potential. We have all experienced the favor of God. You thought it was your dad, but it wasn't you. It wasn't your mom. It wasn't your dad. It wasn't the fact that you got an inheritance. None of that was it. It was always the favor of God. Moses had favor before anybody even knew who he was. Pharaoh destined every Hebrew boy to die. And Moses did not only not die, but he turns and he puts Pharaoh to death. The reason why I share this with you and the reason why I brought up Moses hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock is because when God told Moses to speak to the rock, he should have identified that it was the favor of God that was going to allow water to flow. But instead of him functioning with favor, he allowed it frustration. He allowed frustration to dictate his actions. And when you don't allow favor to dictate your actions, but frustrations to dictate your actions, frustration will always lead you to fail. So Moses strikes the rock. And it's in that moment in studying Moses that I realized that he forgot that God's favor was on his life. He forgot that the reason why he was who he was, the reason why he had set the captives free, the reason why he had made it across the Red Sea was all because of favor. Because he should have been dead years ago. He should have been dead. Some of us should have been dead years ago. Some of us should have been alone years ago. Some of us should have been homeless years ago. Some of us should have been incarcerated years ago. And some of us, it should have been yesterday. But we are still experiencing the favor of God. And the moment that you know that you're, you should acknowledge God's favor, but you allow yourself to function in frustration, you will fail. I've decided that I'm going to walk by faith and live by favor. That's it. I'm going to walk by faith and live by favor. I'm not going to get frustrated. I don't care what y'all do. I ain't going to hit y'all. I ain't going to hit y'all. Mm -mm. I'm not. God told me to love y'all, and we're supposed to push through this thing, and I'm going to push through it. I'm not going to get frustrated by landlords and, and business. Deals. I'm not. Mm -mm. Because I walk by faith, and I live by favor. There is nothing I can do to make myself successful. There's nothing I can do to deserve the things that I've got, but it's always just because of the favor of God. 
And so this is what I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to experience God's favor. If you've never experienced God's favor, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whether you're in the building or you're online, I want to give you an opportunity to experience God's favor by saying yes to God through accepting Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. The reason being because he, he gave him as an act of favor. He gave him as an act of favor. He didn't do nothing to deserve him. You still ain't doing nothing to deserve him. But he, he says, listen, I'm going to give him to redeem you. That's because you're in a now season. I need to hide you. And the only way I can hide your sin is through the blood of Jesus Christ, the blameless lamb. And the reason why we have to accept Christ in the now, because we have to get to the next. Because once you accept Christ, then you'll get to a point where you're getting to be rebuilt through Christ. We live vicariously through Christ Jesus. He is rebuilding us. He's discipling us to be everything that he wants us to be. But in order to get to that point, you have to accept him now so that you can operate in your next so What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry, this message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion. You're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows to your heart to do so. Uh, you can also download our app by going to Google Play or the app store and download Believer City Church. And there's ways that you can connect with us there, pray with us, give, and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community. We thank you again for listening to this message, and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future. God bless you.